Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the first pilot podcast here with your host and co-host. My name is Dax Glover, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Mr. Brandon Romans. And we are excited and, and to bring you an educational-type podcast, something that's very passionate to both of us. So uh, thanks for joining in today with me, Brandon. That's right, Dax. Glad to be here with you as always. So uh, today being the test, uh, or not the test, the pilot, I guess, um, episode of this, we're going to talk through some things that, um, as you reflect back on as an educator, are quite interesting. And today's uh, show is going to be uh, teaching through the pandemic. And what better way to start that show out with uh, my co-host, which is a teacher, uh, and taught through the pandemic, uh, Mr. Brandon Romans. But before we do that, uh, we want to take this opportunity to allow this spot to be open for some type of sponsorship. So if you're listening to us and you want to sponsor us, uh, we will definitely uh, listen to what you have to say and our spot can be sold. So thank you for joining us on today's podcast. At this time, we, we do not have a name for it yet, but we will have it before we push this out. So, And we're looking forward to bringing you at least a weekly uh, talk, if not maybe uh, bi weekly or something like that. So, teaching through the pod, uh, teaching through the podcast, not teaching through the podcast, teaching <laughs> through the pandemic. Uh, but let's give you a little background on the on our host uh, for this show, real quick. First, my name is Dax Glover, and I'm the principal and instructional leader at Tishomingo County High School. Now, having said that, this podcast uh, has nothing to do with Tishomingo County High School directly or Tishomingo County School District in and of itself. So, the the opinions and uh, the opinions that are expressed on this show are solely ours and we take full responsibility for them and we will try to give you as as many straightforward facts and, and things like that as possible so even though we tell you where we are this is not really a Tishomingo County High School or Tishomingo County School District podcast okay so that's just my legal disclaimer there I'm not a lawyer and I don't claim to be so uh, first my educational background is, is is very different from Mr. Romans and his is a lot more interesting than mine so I'll go first uh, I'm a lifetime schooler I guess uh, uh, as soon as I got out of college uh, from high school, I was pursuing an education degree uh, at the University of North Alabama, and then from there got into teaching. Uh, my first job was in the Tishomingo County School District as a teacher and coach, um, and then from there went on to become a lead teacher and, and part-time administrator and, and really enjoyed that part. I uh, also got a master's degree during that time from Arkansas State University, and then most recently have re, uh, received an educational specialist from Liberty University and in, and just a couple of months away from finishing up a uh, dissertation and having a doctoral degree from Liberty University as well. So that's my educational background. Of course, I've been a teacher and a coach and an assistant principal and now a head principal and looking forward to, you know, in the near future, maybe doing something, uh, continuing on in education. So school is all I've ever done. Now I'm going to turn it over to Brandon for just a minute, which is school is not what he's always done. So tell us a little bit about your background, Brandon. Well, well thank you, Dax. Like I said, uh, and you, you alluded to, I did not start off in education. Um, I had the full intention of wanting to become a teacher when I went to college, uh, but other, other life plans took uh, the place for that. Uh, I had always wanted to own a business and I pursued that path for several years. I still currently also own and operate a business as well, but um, you know, there was just something lacking for me personally, and I had always wanted to make an impact uh, on others' lives as I went forward, and it was just a natural fit for me to consider going back into education after being out in the outside world, so to speak, uh, for quite a few years. Um, I returned to education uh, around three years ago. I do have a degree from the University of North Alabama as well. I have a major in English and a minor in political science. 
Uh, so I'm an English teacher. I love teaching English. I'm a history buff. As, as you know here, we talk quite a bit about history, so I have a lot of varied interests um, that I enjoy doing, and I think I can bring that, actually. I do bring that to the classroom uh, to try to make... Uh, you know, English can be a little boring to some students. I don't find it boring, but uh, there again, I try to do different things in the classroom to actually make connections with the students. So I'm super happy to be here uh, teaching at Tishomingo County. I'm going into my third year uh, this fall. I was very honored to be selected as Teacher of the Year for this previous year uh, by my fellow faculty members. And I'm very, very excited about that. That was a great honor uh, being a young teacher as I am. So like I said, education is something that I've always believed in. I do feel like that it is the vehicle uh, for improvement in, in everyone's lives. So, so Mr. Romans, did you take the traditional student teaching route from UNA, or how, how did you I, come about? I did not. Actually, I did English straight through. I had um, the idea that I wanted to become a lawyer and go to law school, um, and I did not, in the end, take that route. And uh, so I ended up with as some people would laugh, an English degree, what you do with an English degree, well, you open a business after you get through <laughs> with that. Uh, but no, I ended up uh, going back a few years ago uh, through TMI at Ole Miss and pursuing an alternate route to get my teaching uh, credentials and get my teaching license. And as you did, I'm currently uh, seeking a master's in education myself from Arkansas State, enjoying those classes as they go forward uh, and just hopefully improving myself uh, as I, as I go, so. Well, uh, you know, the people out there don't want to hear about us, but we did want to on this, especially on the the pilot, we wanted to give a little bit of our background so that you know that we know a little bit about what we're talking about. And first and foremost, please know on this show that we're not we're not reinventing the wheel. We're not we're not uh, trying to to push something on you that we claim to have invented. We're just wanting to talk practical education and some of the things that we're seeing. And, and because as educators, if we all reflect upon practice and then we're able to collaborate with each other, then I, I think better teaching comes out of that. And the same problems that we're having here in rural Mississippi um, or issues, uh, not, not necessarily everything's problems and issues, and even success, that they can be had throughout the United States. So that's one reason why I wanted to start this podcast. And actually, I was I went on a couple trips this summer, and I've searched for podcasts to listen to, and educational podcasts in particular, and I've just about listened to, to most of the ones that, that were interested in me. So I thought, hey, what better way to you know do this than contribute to it? And let me say about uh, Brandon here, um, he's passionate about education, and that's one reason why I invited him onto this and kind of shared my idea with him, and I thought he would be a great fit for what we're trying to do because I've, you know, personally seen him in the classroom and, and he's, even though he's a, had a short time in it, he's been successful and he's eager to even get any better. So I'm extremely excited about this series and moving forward, I hope we can get it off the ground and running and, and maybe help someone out there or maybe someone uh, let us know that maybe we're uh, completely off kilter. I don't know. So uh, <laughs> looking forward to it. So if Mr. Romans don't have anything else, we'll jump into our show today, Teaching Through the Pandemic. So if 2019, the spring of 2019 and the fall of 2020 taught us anything was that we were not ready for a pandemic in the education right. world. And so many things have changed and have remained changed since that time. And we're, I just want to get, you know, I want to give you an administrator's perspective on that and even a teacher's perspective on that because they're two completely different perspectives. And then some of the things are still here to stay. So... Um, 
you know, going into, we went into spring break here in Mississippi. Ours is a little earlier than, than most people. So it was uh, second or third week in March, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we let out for spring break and never came back for the rest of that school year. <laughs> now, uh, the teachers were, were fortunate. They got, to, they got to stay home and do virtual learning. Uh, or at that time, what we, what we called virtual learning, which wasn't, we weren't, we, I'll just be completely honest, we were not ready for it. We were not equipped internet-wise um, in our county. Um, and that's come a long way. I'll give a shout-out to Tishmingo Connect on that one. They've, they've really done a really good job of, of improving since then. Um, of course, as administrators, we still came up to the school, and, and I you know, pretty much just kind of made sure that the, the lights were on and the water was running and, and those type of things and tried to facilitate as much as that virtual learning. Um, but this, the unknown, because when we first got out for spring break and then we were announced we were closed for a certain uh, amount of time, I don't even remember the time frame, and, and you may not, mm-hmm. we were like, well, we, we might come back in, you know, in, in April. 20th, I think, was there, that was some magic date, April the 20th, and then it was like May the 1st. We might come back and finish out nine weeks. And then I think somewhere maybe late April, you can correct me if, you, uh, if I'm wrong and you remember better than me, Brandon, um, eventually they just said, we're not coming back that's, for this year. That's right. That's right. That, it, was, it was over with. There so, we were. Right. So as uh, talk a minute from the teacher perspective, what you were hearing, your thoughts, and what you planned at that time moving forward, you know, as we got out for spring break. Well, like I said, that's an, that's an interesting time to have lesson plans laid out, uh, everything that you've got to cover, a state-tested class that some of you probably teach as well. You know how precious time is, and then, boom, you know, it, it, uh, it flips on us, and we're out of school. And the first thing that, that I worried about as, as a teacher was, oh, my goodness, the kids. How are we going to keep them on track? Uh, because, you know, I, I think back to the not-so-distant future, if I would have heard, hey, we're getting out of school two months early, you know, hey, summer break starts tomorrow. Right. Um, and that was the biggest concern, and, and my other fellow teachers were, you know, how do we keep, how do we keep the kids focused and actually uh, having them want to continue to do their work? Uh, and, you know, the parents play a huge role in that uh there again i can't say enough about uh the parents they are they are in this with us as well and and they had to step up and take a lot of that responsibility uh that we do on a day-to-day basis in the classroom to make sure that their students you know we're logging in we we use canvas and uh we can see the screen time we can see how long a student is actually doing their lessons and that that was the that was the scary unknown part for us was you know we were afraid of what they were going to miss being out of the classroom. And, you know, honestly, I I think some of those fears are justified. Um, I know myself personally, I I feel like we, we, we have still played a little bit of catch up for that time that we, that we were out. I don't feel like some of the students uh, were able to learn as well being shifted to that online environment as fast as, as it happened. You know, we weren't prepared. I, I, sure, I the, the data is still showing that there is, there's a gap in learning that we've not, we've not bridged since then. And it, it's going to take, uh, it's, it's still going to take a few more years and a lot of hard work to mm-hmm. bridge that gap. So, you know, and I'm thinking back as an administrator, uh, I remember we had to send out the surveys of, we wanted, we had to text each of our kids and say, do you have reliable internet? Mm-hmm. Well, of course you had, you, you had different types of, of kids out there. You had kids that were smart enough to realize what we were asking mm-hmm. because That's if right. everyone had reliable internet, then we were going to try to have <laughs> virtual online, you know, uh-huh. uh, a, right. asynchronous instruction. 
And and then, of course, even in rural Tishomingo County, some of the kids were completely 100% honest and saying, no, my Internet's not mm-hmm. reliable enough to, to, to do a Zoom meeting or a, a Microsoft Teams or, or whatever the platform may be. And that was rightfully so. Um, even at my house, uh, it, it, it could have depended on the day with the Internet of, of whether or not we could have had that. So we sent out the surveys, and we asked each of the teachers to poll their kids. And for the most part, um, they did. They, they felt they could. But then it's almost like if you had anybody that couldn't, then what we were going to do, because that gets into no pun intended here, you might leave a child behind. Exactly. Uh, not going back to, to, to that type of legislation. But, you, you know, you didn't want to have class with 19 of, of your students and the 20th one miss it and have to do it alternately. So, um, you know, at that point, very quickly, we realized asynchronous virtual instruction was not going to work. Is that the vibe you got from the teacher's Pretty perspective? Pretty much, yes. Yes. So then we thought, what are we going to do? Well, you know, how are we going to, because, you know, they're still paying us to have, you know, to, to deliver instruction. So then a lot, as just so many districts around us did, and I'm sure in other states, we had to get together these paper packets. The great paper <laughs> the packets. The great paper packet. I'm um, still having nightmares I'm, over paper packets. As am I, and uh, God bless the ink companies and the trees that <laughs> were sacrificed during the, the, the great paper packet of 2020 is what we will call it. And, you know, here's, here's the straight facts. A lot of that was, you know, we didn't know what we were doing at the time. We were trying to do something in good. It was all in good faith. It was. Um, you know, I believe our district and our district leader uh, leaders in particular did the best that they could do mm-hmm. and to, to make the best out of what we had. And we had to deliver some type of instruction, so the paper packets. So they would come up here and get in a line uh, with, a, with a vehicle, them or their parent, and they would come pick up their paper packet. And then we were expecting them to go home, complete it, and bring it back. <laughs> and we kind of laugh. You, you're smiling as I say that. Um, but let's be honest. Let's think about instruction. I, I mean, if if we're taking them to something new, how are they going to learn it? And that's right. I mean, uh, I still I still contend the face uh, the face to face one to one time that you get in the classroom, it, you're able to react uh, when you see a student struggling. You you don't have that when when they are at home and and you're not interacting with them one on one like that. Well. And we have some of the best parents in parental involvement, uh, and I'll, I'll put this us, our parents, up against any group of parents in the country. But let's face it, I'll, I'll use myself for an example. If you sent me home an Algebra One worksheet that I didn't know how to do, I didn't go home to a math teacher. I, I love right. my parents, and they were the greatest parents in the world, but they weren't math teachers. They weren't Algebra One teachers. And um, so how were you supposed to expand that, that knowledge? So it was basically we were saying, okay, we want to try to give them something – that maybe they know how to do. Well, that's just review, and what good does that do? Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you know, we're saying, and everything was in good faith, and we were doing the best we we can. So, we're not going to harp too much more on the the paper packet, the great paper packet of 2020, uh, because we were all there. Um, and I know some schools. I, I had a neighbor that t- actually taught in the in the Oxford school district, and and he was he was required to. I saw him sit out on his porch. He was required to have a virtual class. But mm-hmm. you're talking about a city school where the internet was reliable That's in right. the town of Oxford, and he could do that. So it affected people everywhere. But, I mean, you're talking about, you know, kids in, in Greenwood, I mean, you know, or kids in, you know, if you uh, drove through Waynesboro, Mississippi lately. I mean, 
Yeah. So many counties, rural counties especially, were in the same position where that wasn't possible. So shifting forward, we, we came back. Uh, our school district started a little later. I think we started around August the 20th. It did. Uh, maybe the 20th, I believe that's correct. That, that day it was later. Out. It was later. Um, and, of course, we, we had the mass debacle, and we're not here today to debate whether or not you, you, you felt your child or, or teacher should have been in a mask or not. At that point, it was still so new and so unknown, and people were, were just then getting sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, we uh, – in Mississippi, the the wave was a little bit later. I mean, it and that's was. that's data proven. You can go look that up. That's not my opinion. Um, and so we came back. We were in mask. We were we you know the the unknown. How are the kids going to react to the mask? How are the teachers going to react to the mask? What do we do about kids that have a learning disability or a mm -hmm. hearing disability mm -hmm. and they that rely on you to see your mouth? I mean, we 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 have that here. And so it was so unknown. So again, let's let's switch to a teacher perspective real quick, Brandon. And so what were tell us that that transition and what you were hearing from the administrators, and good or bad. You can you can this is a this is a free. Oh, the, so what what were you hearing? What were your thoughts on coming into that August twentieth start date for school? Well, there again, I think we all came back um, with high hopes that uh, we would be through the pandemic or actually on the on the on the recovery side of it and as you said um, as the data shows that it did happen here a little bit later um, well even myself personally I I was out for mm -hmm. it seems like way too long with it myself so I, I missed the first part of this school of the school year starting back as well so were you in that 14 day no contact period was, so you yes. were early on yes I was early on I was early on quarantine you know and and the whole nine yards um but when i came back of course we are we're in the masks and it, it's difficult you know we did adjust I, I do feel like everyone adjusted fairly well to the situation in hand uh and i'll have to say kudos to everybody for that but um it did make teaching more difficult there again uh, it, it's putting a block to communication between you and the student and and I'll have to I'll have to be honest here. There are still students that I do not recognize without a mask. <laughs> I was uh, we got so used to seeing everyone in masks that uh, I know at graduation I'm uh, I'm sitting back there looking, going, now who I, I know the name, but I I, I can't right. put the, I can't put the face. So you know, and and even I believe the students had that with teachers as well. So uh, it was it was a it was a block. Uh, that was put in front of us for really effective communication. But, uh, you know, we had to do the best we could do. Uh, it daily, the main thing was admin, of course, yourself, keeping us all posted on, as soon as you had information, we had information. And that I think that was very, very important for all of us getting through it because we did feel like we were all in it together. Yes. And uh, we we're trying to make the best of the situation. But not only that, you know, we've got to teach and we've got to get, let these students not fall behind. Sure. And so <clears throat> at that time for me, I was an assistant principal and athletic director. So, you know, my, my thought process and my role at the school was totally different, but yet it quickly, very quickly shifted to, all right, I'm here to do whatever I can to help the kids adjust, help the, help the teachers adjust because there, there was a big adjustment. And, you know, personally from what I saw, the kids, it almost like you could walk the halls and they wouldn't talk to each other with mm -mm, the mask no, on. No, not at all. You could go in the cafeteria. And, and of course, our kids are, are, are overall very good at, 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 uh, at lunchtime. But it's like you could go in there and, and just hear any, a pin drop. The mask, like, shut them down. 
And I think that, and you correct me because you're on the front lines of that or were on the front lines of that. Did you feel like the kids maybe expressed themselves a little less because of the oh, mask? Oh, most definitely. I, I do believe that. Um, and and I, I think it was not, not for the good in that, in that instance because I do feel like that the students uh, were – were more withdrawn. They were not ready to share and communicate with each other effectively. And, uh, and I think that did that. We're seeing some of those issues still going forward right now that we've worked through. Sure. And, and right now we're talking, you know, late August, early September, October to where they were still so, so unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we didn't know how the virus spread. We, we didn't know, you know, when you were sick, how you came back. I mean, it's still so much unknown. So some of the teachers um, had fears, and rightfully so at the time. Uh, you know, they would. You know, we had shower curtains hanging in mm-hmm. rooms, plastic, plastic on uh, desks. Um, um, you know, so screen. there was, and, and and you know, good instruction. A good instructional teacher is going to move around that classroom. You and I have talked about that mm-hmm. a ton, but even that was limited. So now everything was centralized to one focal point, and so you know, attention spans are not the greatest anymore because everything is in quick burst. So the people in the back wasn't as engaged as the people in the front because of the proximity of the instructor because of the unknown. So talk to us about what you did. You know, were you still moving around that classroom or? Well, I I basically had my, uh, you know, of course we were, we were still socially distancing the desks. That's right. We were six feet, I believe. All right. So let me jump in. I'm not going to interrupt you, but this is, this is so funny. Um, Of course we said, you know, everybody's got to be six feet apart. Well, that's great. And so the principal, uh, the head principal at the time and myself and, and our other assistant principal goes, go into these classrooms uh, in the summer and we start measuring. So we start taking out desk and <laughs> if every desk was exactly six feet apart, we would have only got 10 to 13 kids in our classrooms. Mm-hmm. All right. So that, that's almost cutting our classrooms in half, not entirely. Our class size here is about 20 to 22, and we try to keep it that way, and we're very blessed to be able to have that teacher-student ratio. But you go from 20 in a classroom to 13, and then you go seven kids that can't fit in there times, you know, 20 rooms. I'm not a, I'm not a math guy. I'm a social studies guy formerly, but uh, seven times 20 is 140. So what are we going to do with these other 140 kids during this instruction, if every single desk is exactly, and maybe I'm not supposed to be saying that they weren't exactly six feet apart, but they weren't exactly six feet apart. We got them as far as we could. As far as we could. I promise yes. you, we got them as yep. far as we could. They were. They were. So, so you know, that, that's but, another but thing. But still, too. there again, you know, it, it changes everything. You're, you're not walking the room like you should from a, from a teacher's standpoint uh, because, you know, there again, the kids are scared. Let's, let's face it. They're, they, they are scared. Uh, teachers, I won't lie. You know, we were we were exactly we were scared too, um, and and scared of the sense of the unknown. Yeah, it's the it's the unknown. And what I did, I pretty well kept my. I had a little path that I had with the desks that I was. I could stay. I could have some movement in the classroom still, mm-hmm. uh, but I I still kept my kept my distance as best I could. Um, and you know, I won't lie. I had to help. I had to help students. They they had questions, and I would have to go on occasion and and help one one on one. And I just don't know any other way around it. At that well, point. you know, I, I listened to, to different podcasts during that time and, and read different things that oh, well, the, the kids can type. 
they can start a dialogue with you through Canvas and type it. Well, I mean, you know, that's about like calling Direct TV and trying to get some help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sorry, Direct TV, if you're listening, but it is what it yeah. is. Um, you, you don't get a lot of help with those mm-hmm. with that type of dialogue. You, you know, teaching is about that one-on-one uh, personal dialogue. And we were missing that. You're exactly correct. And, you know, of course, on the school safety side as an administrator, which is the most important thing, you know, we we were told to leave our doors open to let the fresh air in. Well, now we're, yeah, that's you know, now we're, now we're vulnerable there. Um, so, but, but again, we were still at that, but when we're still talking about August, September, uh, October, even in through Christmas, the so much on a, and if a kid, Oh, this was the worst part. And we had wonderful nurse and, and other assistant principal that dealt with this part of it. You know, if a, a kid unfortunately got sick, then we had to go through and take another tape measure and measure six feet each way. Mm-hmm. And if that tape measure touched them at all, they had to go home for 14 days at that time. That's right. So talk about talk about that. We're going to talk about this for a second. Then we're going to take a break because it's really hot in here. Um, <laughs> so talk about that for a second. That kid that's not sick or even that kid that is sick, having to try to keep them caught up or catch them up when they get back. Oh, that's right. That 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 was the nightmare part because there again, 14 days, and you know, and me personally, of course, having COVID, I, I knew how bad some of these kids, how sick they could get and how bad they would feel. And, and I knew they were not going to be in any shape to be doing much work. If they truly day. had if it they and they were sick, sure. Yes. Uh, so in those cases, we absolutely, we went above and beyond myself and all of, all of my colleagues to make sure those students uh, were caught up as best as they could when they, when they were feeling better and returned to school. The students that went home due to, due to exposure, there again, same thing. You, you have to take it almost really on a case-by-case basis uh, and, and uh, communication with the parents, checking up on them, how are they doing. Uh, you know, we sent out, I don't know how many reminds. Uh, <laughs> we got our money's worth out of remind that year. That's true. And uh, school status and as well. And school status. So, you know, just School status, we, that'd be a great one to sponsor us here. <laughs> we gave them enough business, that's for sure. I, I would love to know the total number of, of calls and texts sent out through school status across the country probably. But, but you know, there again, it's just trying to stay on top of everything, and of course, thinking back now, I don't know how how we did it. Truthfully, um, we did the best we could. Well, that's that's the great thing about teachers is we, you know, that runs through our mind, but we always find a way, and you guys found a way to to step up and get it done. So, uh, let's take a break real quick, and we'll come right back, and we'll continue discussing teaching during the pandemic, what that looked like, and what it even looks like now. Thank you for joining us. We'll be right back here in just a second. Welcome back to segment two of our two-part segment today, I guess, on this educational podcast that is still yet to be named. Again, before we push it out, we will uh, have a name on it. So thanks for joining us. Uh, However you're participating and listening, uh, thank you and hope you'll come back for um, for episode two, which shouldn't be out maybe sometime next week, That's hopefully. Right. hopefully. Uh, we can get some listens on this one. And, uh, of course, we'll go ahead and tell you, we'll get some different people in here so you don't have to listen to us every episode and get some different viewpoints. And we're looking forward to some of the guests 
um, that we've got coming in, uh, especially a few of them on the front end are really, really good teachers and to get their perspective is going to be really cool and maybe you can catch something out of it that will help you. So uh, just continuing on where we were, we were talking about teaching during the pandemic where so in the time frame we're at right now, uh, you know, we're through that spring break where we didn't come back to school. Now we're back in school. We're in masks. We, we talked about some of the, the educational and instructional changes of the six feet uh, distancing. Um, and boy, was that a mess. When you talk, talk about, uh, you know, when we're in an assembly, we have to be six feet apart. When we're in the cafeteria, we have to be six feet apart. When we're at break, we have to be, and I'm doing quotes there. Yep. Um, and then also trying to get back to some type of normalcy for these students because, you know, people don't realize that everybody, everybody thinks that kids hate school, but in reality, they don't. They you know, maybe they don't as much like the instructional part, some of them, but they do like the routine and they don't really know they like it, but they need it. Some of them, they need that routine. They need that social interaction because, you know, so much of everything today is, is, you know, an iPad or a phone or whatever in their face and they need that social interaction. Um, and of course I'm not a mental health doctor. I'm not a, I'm not a mental health counselor. I'm not anything like that. Uh, but I think most of them would agree with this statement that, you know, we saw a decline in mental health overall during this time in mask and, and lack of, of interaction with each other. So um, so I'm joined here by my co-host, Brandon Romans. Again, he's an English two and social studies teacher um, for us and, and does a tremendous job. And I appreciate him uh, jumping in and being my co-host for this show. And we're going to you know, bounce some things off him and get his teacher perspective as well as the administrative perspective of teaching through the pandemic so so mr romans let's let's continue on um you know we've talked about the six feet apart we've talked about all that um at what point did you feel like there was some normalcy back in our routine or did you at any point during this feel that well it, I, I would say that it did seem to take a while i would say it was probably on into the spring semester before I started to feel a little, of course, when the mask mandates relaxed. So did we, see, I can't remember it all runs together with me. It does run, me too. Were we still in the 2020, 2021 school year, mask came off in the second semester, or or were we in there the complete year? We were in there the complete year, that's right. It was the next year that we started in mask, but then it came off, is that right? I believe so, yes. Like I said, it's been a, a blur, really. Uh, after we went through everything, um, um, it, it it completely has, and the things that we were dealing with, and um, you know, even at sporting events, we were you know we were having to put X's like don't sit on the blue X mm-hmm. with the painter's tape, and um, of course we did a first in history here at our school. We graduated on the football field of the twenty class of twenty one, I guess that would have been. Um, we graduated on the football field, and um, it, it went off fine, and it was it was good to get to have a graduation because I, maybe there was, if I'm remembering correct, maybe there was a spike in the numbers right before graduation. So, so yes. And some schools uh, here in Mississippi and across the nation were still shut down, first of all, like all virtual, and then some were, were doing like virtual graduations, um, which is – you know, we want to do what's in the best interest for the for the health and safety of the kids. But at the end of the day, though, they've worked hard for four years. It does mean something to walk across that stage and administrator call your name and and the principal get to hand you that diploma. And we really wanted to try to maintain that here. And for, so fortunate that we were able to maintain that, even though it was outside and it was uh, 9,264 degrees <laughs> that day. Good old Mississippi afternoon. <laughs> 
but it went off fine. I think the, I think the kids enjoyed it. The, the parents, for the most part, I, I feel like they enjoyed it. And so let's now let's get into that year. We start in mask. Mask come off. So from a teacher perspective, again, when those masks come off, what were some of the things that you procedures and uh, policies maybe that in your classroom that you kept from the pandemic, and what some of them that you said no, we're not doing that anymore. Well, of course, uh, I would say just the hygiene. Of course, we've kept. Yes. You know, I know you have them spray here, uh, continued that. I think that's a good thing just for the normal colds and flu bugs and all and everything else in between. Uh, so of course, keeping the desk clean, uh, I kept a routine in my classroom where we would still wipe, have everybody at the end of class wipe their desk down and, and send the garbage can around so they could throw that away. Actually, it's, I think the, I think the kids and kind of enjoyed that actually because they were participating <laughs> yeah. in in an event or in a in a effort together yes. uh doing something that was actually important uh and, and they felt part of the solution and not part of the problem in that sense so of course I, i'm i'm going to continue doing that even this coming fall just because hopefully to keep the flu down and stomach virus and everything else uh from affecting class uh the things that i got rid of oh goodness um the masks came off slowly. Uh, that I, you know, of course, we didn't force any student if they wanted to continue wearing one. Sure. They were they were able to, and I had students that continued to wear masks. That's perfectly perfectly fine. Uh, and uh, myself, I, I was ready to get out to be able to breathe again. Uh, and there again, I, I felt that was that was an important part to be able to communicate better with the students. They can see my face, and now I can see their face. Uh, so yeah, I, I would not like to return to masks if at all possible, or the face shields. I know some of the other teachers did face shields and right. seemed to. I think that worked a little better for them. Um, I, I couldn't wear one. It was no. it was like being under a welding helmet the whole time. <laughs> I could I couldn't do it. Couldn't do that. So, and you know, as an administrative point, the biggest deal that year was the va then the vaccine push came, and again, this is not to debate whether or not you know, vaccines are good or bad or whatever. But so from the school end, you know, now if you're exposed and you were vaccinated, you could stay at school. But if you wasn't vaccinated, you, you had to, you know, go through the quarantine process and, and obtaining vaccine records and, and all those things. Um, and then, you know, you know, you had, uh, I've heard of coaches telling their players to go get vaccinated. So if, if, if they don't have to miss any time in certain sports and, it was, you know, that was the mess really in, in my eyes during that time was, was the vaccine. And, and of course, you know, it was not mandated by our district, um, which again, I thought was the right call. If you want the vaccine, go get it. If you, if you don't want the vaccine, don't get it. I mean, that, that's, uh, that's the great thing about America. You have those type of choices. And, and, but I am glad our district maintained that policy for students as well as, as faculty mm -hmm. on that, that, that the vaccine was completely your choice. Um, but that was the problems then, you know, we were dealing with the sports problems and, and, the, and the academic of, of that. And then, of course, now, now going back to the, to the internet, of course, you know, the internet at the school's always been you know, sufficient. I'm not gonna say it's great, but mm -hmm. it's been sufficient. But kids going home, even, you know, even at that point, we had to figure out when they went home, did they have sufficient internet? Could they stay on Canvas and, and stay up with us? Or did we need to send, the dumb, 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 dreaded paper packet home. Paper packet. Um, and, of course, some of the kids got smart and realized they didn't have to do as much if the paper packet was sent home. 
um, than they would if they had to stay current on canvas. And then trying to, again, trying to catch them up when they got back. You were on the front lines, you know about that. Um, it, it was, there were still so many headaches. But then this year, so now we're fast forward to 20, I guess 2021, 22 school mm -hmm. year, um, was, you know, probably the, the most normal school year that we've had. Of course, people were still contracting uh, the COVID-19 virus uh, and employees. And um, it seems like maybe our kids were a little sicker during, mm -hmm. you know, what, uh, Alpha, Omega, Omicron, 67th variant, whatever. Uh, the kids seemed like they were a little bit sicker this time. Um, but they were recovering, mm -hmm. um, which was great. Because, um, you know, we don't, we don't want our, we always want our kids uh, healthy and in school, whether it's the flu or the stomach virus or, you know, the common cold. Uh, we we want to see our kids when we're in session. That's the one great thing about educators. That was one of the things that people asked me, you know, when we were out. I said, I just miss the kids. I miss talking to them. I miss interacting with them. Um, and, and people say, oh, you know, it must be nice uh, as a principal to, to be off in the summers. Well, number one, I'm not off. I work <laughs> Monday through Friday. And I always say, by the 4th of July, I'm ready to see kids again, and I'm ready to interact with those and, and see those smiling faces and, and, and see you guys, the teachers, making those impacts on those, on those students in a, on a daily basis. Because, again, people have to realize that sometimes, unfortunately, that, you know, we're the best thing that they have. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then, of course, we're going to do a whole other segment on, on relationships within the classroom. Um, and, and how that affects uh, achievement because the, the data, I mean, you can mm -hmm. look it up, uh, data shows that positive student-teacher relationships fosters academic success as well as parental involvement and other things. But, um, and, and I've got a couple people in mind to try to bring in and talk about relationships for that. So, um, you know, now let's just wildcard it for a minute. So just thinking back, it can be during the first year of it, the second year of it, you know, what were some, you know, some things that, that, that you didn't think were, were going to change that did and maybe some things that you thought would change that didn't? It can be, this is totally wild card, wherever you want to go with it, Brad. Okay. Well, the first thing was when we went to the, um, the four days in school and then we had our learners, our online yes. learners come on a Friday. Now, I, I have to admit, I, I kind of got spoiled to that schedule. Yes. And when we had to go back to our good five-day-a-week, that, that, that was a little bit of an adjustment back. Um, so at least we were still able, because of that, to get those, only, those online learners here for at least a little bit of question and answer uh, and some instruction one-on-one. -on -one. So they were not completely just thrown to the wolves. I think we may have gave that impression that we said them, once they went home, that was it. You know, we never right. saw them again. But, no, actually, we, uh, they did have to come one day a week on a Friday when the other students were out of school. So uh, That seems like forever ago that virtual learning was an option. Yep. Real quickly, hit on you know, some of the kids we saw flourished they during did. virtual they learning. Did. And then some of the kids really needed that in-school interest. So, did you have both of those or one I, of those? I, I had I had both. I saw the students uh, that really uh, accepted the online learning, so to speak, and enjoyed it. They, they were the self starters. They you know they were they were able to read the directions and do what was required. And you know I was actually really impressed because I'm talking about you know some tenth graders here that I teach, and that's 
uh, thinking to myself, you know, if you've ever taken an online college course or anything, you know how difficult it can be to be disciplined. And I, I was actually sure. really, really proud of those students that, that did flourish in that environment. And But then there was also the type that we had to call and say, hey, this isn't working yeah. out. We really need yep. you to kind of like come back to school ASAP. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and and that's what uh, I I think that was where, on your end, uh, where y'all were staying on top of that. Because, I mean, you were asking, hey, who's struggling? And as as we saw those issues, that was addressed. And I think that was was the important part uh, when those issues did crop up to stop them as soon as possible and get them get them back where they needed to be. Well, any any learning management system is great in the fact of the timestamp. When they logged in, how long they stayed logged in, how often they logged in. Uh, I mean, you know, we're asking high school students. Where uh, Brandon and I teach at a at a nine through twelve high school, um, and we're on four before block, ninety four minutes a block times four. So you get the minutes of that, and you know, you're not going to replicate that at home. You're not going to. No, no student is no, going to work no, ninety four no. minutes uh, four times a day. So so the numbers go down. You really, like you said, you have to be disciplined and you have to be on top of things to to really flourish in that situation. But um, I, I'm going to say for a high school, I, you know, this is my personal belief. This is, an, this is, this is my show. So this is my opinion. <laughs> high school students are not ready for that overall. No, I would agree with you. On that. Um, I, I would have to agree because, on that. you know, they start in kindergarten, they come all the way through, they're used to that one-on-one. They can do some, um, you know, but for the most part, we saw that someone just drove across in my truck. Uh, that yes, they did. Well, yeah. good thing about having windows that you can see the wow. see the courtyard. <laughs> okay, um, but going, going back and to what we were talking about, it comes back. <laughs> uh, maybe he's just test driving one that looks just like mine. Maybe so. <laughs> but and, and of course, you know, I, I don't know what type of students you have in New Jersey. I don't know what type of students you have in Utah. Okay, I'm talking about the students that we dealt with on a daily basis. Um, we we were not ready for that, and and of course you know now college. If you choose to go to college, I mean you can go as a as a eighteen nineteen year old completely online if you want to. You mm-hmm. don't have to you don't have to do the traditional what we call the traditional. I'm doing finger uh, quotes there air quotes. Um, but those students, I personally believe, are few and far between that are ready for that type of learning. And, and we'll talk about that um, on a, the online learning. We could we can do a whole segment on online learning. So that that'll be something we look forward to. Um, but it's just the pandemic, for, for the biggest outtake of me is, number one, as a society, we were, we were not ready. Um, we were not ready. I mean, the last uh, history tells us, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, social studies guy, with this, the one that affected on a global was the Spanish flu of 1918, if I'm not correct. That's right. mm-hmm. um, now, of course, we heard about the, you know, the swine flu and the bird flu. I personally knew no one that caught either. No. No. Um, not saying it didn't exist. Um, you know, I'm not. A, this is not a conspiracy theory podcast. We may start one of those, though. <laughs> um, but you know, this was the first pandemic that I personally saw people get sick, people lose lives, and and, and totally shut everything down. Um, and like you said, the four day week was nice. It was nice. Um, and states are doing that. Um, I talked to someone today that the state they visited, they have a four day school week. So it's it's definitely something that's. Um, you know, I'd like to see the research and the data behind that on, mm-hmm. on academic gaps and achievement and, and see how that is. 
Um, because, you know, if you don't run buses for a day and turn all the lights off, you can save a lot of money as a district. So um, anything else that stood out to you? As we're, you know, we're getting close to wrapping this up. Uh, episode one, the pilot episode. We're so thankful you're joining us and stick around with us here just for a few minutes as we wrap this up. So, Brandon, anything else uh, that stuck out to you? Well, again, I think the a, a great thing that did come out of it, something positive, was the relationships that all the teachers fostered amongst themselves yes they we end, you ended up realizing you had to rely you, you couldn't do it alone and I know I have great staff that I work with my fellow teachers um, I wouldn't be here right now without their support and I fully acknowledge that so there again hopefully you're in a school and in a setting where you can reach out to those fellow teachers uh, to help you get through situations like this because I was fortunate enough to be able to do that and that, I think that's I think that's the difference between surviving and not being able to survive this type of episode that we went through uh, was just being able to know that there that you did have help you couldn't do it on your own you know everybody where we were all everybody was worried everybody was concerned and and having having that resource to reach to uh to your fellow teacher uh was really the thing that made made it go by day to day we were in it together we we were going to succeed in some form or fashion uh through the year and some positives that that came out of that in my mind as we wrap this up is you know our district was fortunate enough to be able to provide us with some live streaming equipment that's right um, so now we, we have the ability to live stream anything. We can live stream programs. We can live stream um, games, sporting events. We can live. We could live stream us talking here if we wanted to. Uh, you don't want to look at either one of us. We have we have faces for radio. That's right. Um, but you know that was a good thing that came out mm -hmm. of it. I, you know I think the the increase in the reliability of rural uh, county internet. Mm -hmm. I, I think the our district making the commitment to the full switch to you know one to one initiative. The, That's right. We were already we were already one to one, but we solidified that it's here to stay. Um, now we're doing things on on LMSs that like Canvas and Google Classroom. Google Classroom is for our middle schools and elementary schools, and the high schools are on Canvas, uh, which is what most colleges now use. So it's it's a seamless transition mm -hmm. from high school our high school to college now. So that that was something great. Um, and you mentioned one thing that I, there's a dead on was the hygiene. You know, now I, we stay on our coaches about, you know, disinfecting those locker rooms. They can get pretty nasty. Um, disinfecting our classrooms. It's, you know, it's, it's a germ bed and, you know, it always has been, but we just kind of dealt with it. But those are some things that are here to stay and that we're, we're thankful for. And there was some positives out of it. Um, and I'm not going to say we're ready for the next one. I hope there's never another one. But I don't want to. I don't want to attempt to say that if we were better the second go round. I hope we don't have another. But you know, we are definitely in better shape going <laughs> if yep. we were headed into another one than we were now. It's on the instructional end, we're not talking anything vaccine or we're talking in, you know, instruction uh, from a school level, and that's what we're here to talk about, and that's what we are passionate about. So. Um, just to kind of wrap this up, uh, we this podcast is about, again, it's not reinventing the wheel. Uh, Brandon and I haven't invented any new instructional strategy. We haven't, uh, you know, we're not teacher and administrator of the millennium. We're just two guys here that, that are passionate about education. We want kids to succeed, um, and we want to maybe throw some nuggets out there of what we do, and, and mm -hmm. maybe somebody 
that's struggling will come across this and, and find some joy and, and help them make their classroom a little bit better. That's right. So um, next week is a short week for me. So, and Mr. Romans don't know this, Brandon don't know this yet, but um, looking like we may try to jump on Monday and do one for next week. Um, and so as today, we, we need to kind of post, we need to kind of post market today is July the... Uh, He's having to look it up. I'm having to look it up. Let's see. We're cutting this on the 7th. July so. 7th, 2022. Um, right? 22, not 23? 22. Man, still man, I know. Man, I know. years run in. I'm, I'm starting my 11th year as an educator. No, no, no. I'm starting my 12th year as an educator. Um, and so we, we hope this will be beneficial. We're going to try to make you laugh a little bit along the way. Um, but most of all, we're here to help you, and we're passionate about education and helping kids. So... So long, take care, God bless, and we will see you on the next episode.